This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Um, we are not live this week. This no. is a pre-record, so please don't uh, don't text the show, or your texts will disappear into the ether, which will be awful. However, you can still follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, and you can email the show via the Absolute Radio website. That's certainly true. What good will come of it is anyone's guess. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> yes, morning. Good morning, Frank. It's not actually morning, is it? Oh, it's still had, morning. Um, lovely. I really appreciate lifelong Mockney Red. I can't. I, I can't imagine what. I their didn't know you were are. a wine drinker. <laughs> <laughs> what if there was actually a bottle called Lifelong Mockney Red? Imagine the connoisseurs would disapprove. Well, there was a f- uh, that was very fashionable a while back, wasn't it? To have sort of grumpy mum wine or oh yeah cats. What's it? I won't say. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's part of that. Um, what's that Cat's trendy alive. advertising called? Where it's a bit matey, you know, like on smoothies, where it goes, "Oh, we're made of twelve oranges oh, yeah. and three grapefruit guys." Yeah. You know, yeah. That sort of stuff. I don't it's want to befriend it... the things I'm about to yeah, consume. I, did, <laughs> I don't. I didn't know you were supposed to read it out <laughs> in that voice. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I might call you next time I have a smoothie. <laughs> it's part of the sort of it's disruption, I believe, oh, isn't it? Uh, that's what it's called. Mm. Lifelong Mockney Red says, Steve, can we do that again, please? <laughs> Pre-recorded, you say? Oh. oh As a reference to you, own. which I like, Frank. OK, so it means that... But we still won't re-record anything, let's face it. We'll no. still leave all the no, rubbish in. I just it. think people have got used to that. Speak for yeah, yourself. it's good for the light and shade, isn't it? I think that you're, you know... When you have a Turkish coffee, you mm-hmm. you are happy to leave that stuff in the bottom. Mm-hmm. It gave you flavour and it needed to be there, but you don't actually want to consume it. That's all it is. You know what I like out? He referred to it as that stuff. <laughs> in a very Birmingham well, 1950s what what's way. The, what's at the bottom of a Turkish coffee? Eight to... Oh, no. Oh, it's like our version of the ballet link or it's something. The, uh, okay. coffee granules. There's not the granules. Yeah, grains. Yeah, the remains. Let's call it. Yeah, I don't. So I, I'm not saying I have any grounds for complaints. Very good. I'm just saying that, you know, it's all right to have those other bits. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is my view. So, um, <clears throat> oh, God, I had a shock. I had a shock this week. What happened? I was in uh, Belfast and um, I walked, I was in my dressing room pre gig. Oh, yes. At the Osher Hall. Mm-hmm. Yes, I had people, I often get people getting in touch. I know where you are around the country, which I love. Well, I opened the door to the toilet and, oh, my God, there was a man standing in there. <laughs> oh, frightening. And it was really, yeah. really genuinely, oh, it was uh-huh. one of those moments. Because, we know, we'd come, there was no one around backstage. It was, anyway... Was um, he in the full ninja gear or was he... Uh, well, <laughs> I'd say, I, I, when my eyes um, retracted... Um, I realised it was a life-size cardboard cutout of Louis Capaldi. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it had been placed there as a, as a as some sort of a prank. A, yes, because I mean, why would it be in the men's toilet in in dressing room number one, which obviously is my natural home? Excellent. I'm I'll quite often in dressing rooms that have zero number, by the way. <laughs> Is that, oh, that's yeah. Even I manage a seven. What about when I went to, I think it was Wimbledon Theatre, and they said to me, um, 
the guy said, lucky you, we've put you in the uh, Anushka Hempel <laughs> room. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Anushka Hempel was uh, an actress who Emily she was a probably... Bond girl. Was she? I was she? I remember she, started... she was in something like the Foresight Saga yeah. or one of those big BBC right. things from the, the 70s. And I thought, well, what? You know, she's a woman one associates with class. So mm. Yes, sorry to interject, uh, opened the Hempel Hotel. Yes, she became a bit of a hotel magnet. Yes. It's always it's cats or hotels <laughs> for the Bond girls. Oh, OK. OK. So, um, anyway, the only difference I could see between that and the other dressing room is that they'd put a roll of pink silk <laughs> around the sink so that you couldn't see the pipes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she'll be so proud that uh, <laughs> that that is her memorial. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. On Absolute Radio. I was on a uh, I was on a train coming back from uh, Manchester Piccadilly to mm-hmm. London. Oh, I was familiar with that route. Yeah. Very yeah. frequent. Yeah. Well, I was um, I was in first class, dear. Well, I have been too. Yeah, I'm sure you have. But uh, story moment of tension. Unfortunately, they cancelled the Stoke train, and oh, so um, you got an overcrowded first. I class. got an overcrowded first class. And, Brutal. And it, I felt I I weren't sure all these people had first class. It um, doesn't tickets. feel elite if there's loads of people in there. <laughs> but by its nature, oh, I'll tell you what. Really reminded me. We're not live today. <laughs> I tell you what, it reminded me of that scene in Eisenstein's Ten Days That Shook the World when the uh, oh, Russian yes. Revolution crowd broke through the barricades. <laughs> and you think, that's it. That's it for the Romanovs, you think to yourself. <laughs> I'm just going to film down. Imagine, it, imagine if I did this. I've not been doing enough homework for this show. I've never yeah, seen every... Eisenstein's, what was it? Um, it's called Ten Days That Shook the World. It's wonderful. Ten Days uh, That Shook the World. Effigy outside absolute, if I did this. <laughs> um, you know how Frank say on the bins in the smithic? But you know what it's like? It's it's hard having a, a recognisable face when people have been drinking for eight hours. Oof. It was a night train, you know. Or was it? Anyway, there was a guy on there. Who I'm just going to flag up you're complaining about that your problems being famous in first class as continue. Yes, okay. <laughs> I'm not. I, I'm I being like upfront. I'm being upfront about this. I know. It was true. So I was. I was reading uh, a novel and just thinking I'm going to lose myself in literature. Excellent. Which one, Frank? Am I allowed to know? It was. Um, oh, what is it called? Something like Ottaker Station. It's about a guy who lives in Spain, oh. and uh, it's brilliant. Oh, okay. Oh, good. I'm glad Absolutely. you gave it a good. You looked a bit pained, as if you were going to no, have to give it a bad review. It's on It's really air. brilliant. In fact, in a mini, I'll I'll Google it and tell you the right because I would oh, okay. I would recommend it. Um, heartily, okay. like, like this. I <laughs> recommend this. That's me recommending this, it heartily. Russell heartily. I yeah. saw a, a very unusual late review. You know, we sometimes talk about late reviews yeah. on this show. I saw the band Elbow doing a um, a sort of a lo-fi gig recently in Manchester, and Guy Garvey, when introducing one of their songs, talked about. Um, the novelist Jonathan Franzen, and he said he wrote the corrections and some other books that weren't as good. (laughs) Well, I think that's absolutely correct. Late review and a zing at the same time. Wow. And and I have to say, entirely accurate. Oh, I like some of the others. But anyway. I haven't read any of his stuff. Anyway. Oh, we are. (laughs) Back at Meanwhile, over in first class... There was a man... 
with uh, with his partner on the train, I sensed he'd been drinking at length. Oh, dear. Uh, and he got, no. he was going to get off at Stoke. I had that to hold on to because I could was. tell by his accent <laughs> right. where he was going to get off. And then I'd sort of changed a bit because at first he was just a bit sort of aggressive and a bit strange. I mean, not to me, but I could, you know, I, mm-hmm. you know, when you're. Have you ever watched anyone blow up a very large balloon and you're waiting <laughs> for the moment? Yeah. Yeah, well, yes. it was like that. It was that energy. <laughs> anyway, he suddenly started going, if your name's not down, you're not coming in, not tonight, not, not tonight. If your name's not down, you're not coming in, not tonight, not, not tonight. I would say in excess of 100 times. <laughs> was it John Hedgley? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, as a fall fan, I thought, I'm quite enjoying this. Yeah. This, is, this takes me back. He was, he was like um, some sort of, you know, urban poet. Um, if your name's not down... And people go... Uh, 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 she was... Uh, I think he was called Rob or Steve or one of those. And and uh, and she was going, uh, Rob, Rob, leave it. And he'd say, all right, all right. If your name's not down, you're not coming. So um, that went on. And um, I started to feel... God, this is... People were saying, come on, mate, and stuff like that. And it was, I felt like this is what Jonah must have been like in Nineveh when he told them that they were facing their doom. A great symbol of that, that they were going to miss out on salvation if they continued to be sinful. If your name's not down, you're not coming in. So, um, anyway, as you can, you can probably guess the end of this story, there was a big fight. Was there? And, oh, yeah. Oh. And, Did uh, you step up to the plate? Well, I, I don't know if it was exactly a fight. I was very much even concentrating even more on, on, my, novel. on the, my novel at this point. <laughs> but she was going, like, you know, come on. There was a bit of, you know, it's not worth it being said by the girlfriend. And then he got off. And oh. then he he was chased along the platform <laughs> by a, an official <laughs> man. Alan. This is Alan's favourite story I ever. Know. <laughs> I know. It was. It reminded me of, um, you know, I, when the night boss of my, of my youth, when there was always stuff like that every night, basically. You know what it is, Frank? I think life just becomes a series of the dog in the playground moments. Yes. And we all secretly crave those moments for the disruption. Mm-hmm. I like watching them, though. What I like is the sort of uh, the peephole on the cell door. That's how yes. I like to watch them. <laughs> I don't like to be in the cell at the time. But yep. anyway, I, I didn't come to any harm. But uh, I was the only person on the train who missed... If, the, if your name's not that. <laughs> yeah, so I checked out. It is actually a song. Oh, yeah. By um, the Claxons, I think. But it was a new one on me. And I listened to their version. It wasn't anywhere near as good as his. <laughs> it is a man just saying Another that. Another late review. And when I played it, my seven-year-old son, Boz, to my amazement, said, um, well, he needs to expand his vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, yes, I found out what that book is called. It's interesting, I can read a book and never really register the title mm-hmm. or the author. Anyway, it's called Leaving the Atocha Station, A-T-O-C-H-A, by um, Ben Lerner. Oh, excellent. Um, it's really brilliant, I think. Frank, I'd like to uh, make sure we have a, a smattering of outside world correspondence, mm-hmm. even though we are 
not live, as we have been entirely no, honest no. about. Yes, again, I do not, do not uh, text. Plentive sounding. <laughs> Don't text us. This is from Jonathan in Sale. Whatever happened to, remember that feature with yes. associated jingle? Yes. People shouting gangway to get through a crowd. Oh. Perhaps I'll say it again. We'll, we'll all try and see how we go. Gangway! Yeah, I do remember that. I how would you say it, Frank? How would you have said it? I'd have gone there. Uh, gangway! <laughs> like that. Your sound's more sort of um, factory foreman. Has it been replaced by coming through, if it happens at all? Well, Is that what Jonathan continues out. Yeah, maybe. Oh. Jonathan says, uh, nowadays it's all sorries and excuse me, mm-hmm. but back in the late 70s and 80s, I always remember when someone needed to get through a crowd, whether a sporting event or a school assembly, if someone yelled the magic word... Gangway! <laughs> the crowds would pull back like Moses in the Red Sea and through a person would come. Oh, mm. I like his Yoda vernacular. <laughs> I hope somebody else remembers this phenomenon. And the last time it ever happened. I certainly do. I haven't heard it for a very long time. The last time I heard it, people were still getting their marching orders. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also, our Keith was still saying, shall we have a look at what's on the Gogglebox? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because Gogglebox has sort of been accidentally... um, Well, they've made it all trendy now. ironically revived, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Thank you, Jonathan. I... um, Oh, now, look, we've all um, discussed on this show various levels of wokeness and political correctness, and I know um, sometimes it can be annoying. I know sometimes Mm. it it, it empowers idiots, but I think we'd all agree that, generally speaking, I think we'd all agree, but let's not have a vote. (laughs) Anyway, I want to tell you something that happened this week. Just put my hand up there to interject. (laughs) Let me just tell you something that happened. As a family... Congratulate you on your confidence. Yes. (laughs) You notice I moved on pretty quickly. As a family, we've been watching His Dark Materials on Sunday evenings. Mm. By the wonderful Jack Thorne. Indeed. And um, well, bye, Philip Pullman. Philip Pullman out. Yes, yeah, I'm exactly. sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm just fangirl over Jack, but uh, adapted by. Serves him right. You should have <laughs> the television. If he's too lazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, anyway, um, my uh, my son Boz, who is now a seven and a half year old schoolboy, mm. loves the program, and. Um, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I loved things like The Lone Ranger and Batman, and I dressed as them regularly as part of mm. my game playing. Well, you wore... Yes, I seem to remember the wellies and the very poignant story about when you dressed up as... Uh, who, 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 did you dress well, up I as... Well, I was Batman to my um, cousins, uh, Robin, mm. and um, we were, in a way... By the time we got them, we were a bit old for <laughs> make-believe games. So we just used to dress as Batman and Robin and then just, like, sit on the swings and talk. In what, what did you wear yeah. again? Wellies? I had wellies and then swimming trunks over, um, <laughs> over black jeans. 
and a, a great school jumper with, with the bat um, thing on it. They were pretty good. I think our parents had done a good job. It was Batman and Robin. I know you've told this before, but it, honestly, I wake up sometimes in the night and think of this. It, yeah, it, was, it was Batman and Robin just sort of chilling on, out yeah, at home. Exactly. Like, it was off, they, off, off duty. What did they say? They just said, oh, what are you up to? We used to play football sometimes. <laughs> as Batman and Robin, we'd yeah. been. And um, there was always a feeling that we should be on the same. It was wrong that we should be. Uh, and I remember on one occasion a kid was talking about something that had happened in the park and I sort of, I, I, did, I wouldn't go with it because I, I didn't want to give away my secret ideas. <laughs> so I was saying I wasn't in the park. What are you talking about? That's rubbish. Um, and I'll, I'll come back where the, the, the producer is having a seizure that we've gone on too long. So I'll... Uh, I will um, come back with this uh, this story in, in uh, after this. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I was speaking of uh, his dark materials, the new uh, BBC uh, fantasy drama. You know, talking polar bears, etc., yeah. etc. What would your demon be, by the way? Um, I don't want to give you a hospital pass there. Yeah, we should say that every yeah. every person as an animal, which is their demon, is kind of like their soul, mm. isn't it, mm. in some way? I've got one, mm. really, which is uh, my dog oh, is my nice. demon. Okay. okay, I'd go marmoset. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> nice. so um, the, the, the hero of this is a sort of 12-year-old girl called Lyra. She mm. is... And so Buzz has started um, straightening his hair to look like her, I mean, just with water, and wearing one of my black T-shirts as a dress and going around the house as Lyra. And at first I thought, well, it's not the Lone Ranger, let's face it. (laughs) And then I thought, you know what? For all the stuff about how political correctness can get in the way of normal conversation and comedy and, and actually harmless, quite nice, friendly stuff as well as obviously um, doing uh, good detective and police work. Um, I, felt, I felt really, very pleased that my son could just think, I love this show, I want to look like the hero of this show and not be troubled by the fact that it's a young girl. Mm. And I thought, you know what, I think things are going to be all right. That's what I thought. I honestly, it made me feel... I didn't say anything to him because I don't want to make a deal of it. It's not a deal to him. Um, I just felt really good about it, so there. Well, I like that he's also got uh, a, a female heroine. I enjoy mm. that as a... But see, there weren't that many of those about... Even if you wanted to copy one when I was a kid. They were, they were all What the, about Catwoman? Mm. Yeah, but she was a baddie. <laughs> Oh. oh, that's why and she also, was my heroine. Like, like, <laughs> I like you see, I like only me. like the baddies. <laughs> We're both allergic to cats, which is a, another problem. But I realised I only ever did like the baddies anyway in the films. Oh, did you? Really? Yeah, I always, liked, I always liked the baddies. I was always They've secretly a bit sad. They've often got a roguish charm about them, haven't they? Yeah, the baddies. Yeah. Well, the baddies oh, wow. in that, that Batman TV series were all like old, out of work <laughs> actors who'd been quite big in their day, Burgess Meredith and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I, I remember, um, I like to hear that about Buzz because he did once, when I interviewed Jack, uh, your the, brother-in-law for the podcast I do, and I told him that Buzz, I'd said, what do you like most about Jack? And he said, I like his swimming, his mm. kindness and his writing. 
And Jack burst out laughing and said he doesn't even know my writing, and now he does. He does now. Yeah. So, yeah, I had a, a really quite a uh, an epiphany on it. It made me think the world's going in the right direction, generally speaking. So Alan. is it just... No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Can I tell you, um, two things about um, Boz dressing as Lyra also yes. is that I've, I've had cause to dress as a female on various occasions for sketches and stuff. And t- to be involved in that in any way when no one says, you've got really good legs, or, mm. or I say, I don't know how you're walking these. How <laughs> lovely <laughs> to, avoid, to yeah. avoid those two Clichés is what I'm going to call them. Yes. They were clichés. Anyway, that's uh, that's basically... Oh, I, well, I like that story. I look forward to seeing the, uh, the Lyra incarnation. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, this week, I did um, The One Show... Yes, I need to do watch that on catch up. How was that? They do love you on the one show. You're well, I, very, I, you're one of the you're a real friend of the show. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many times I've done it, but a lot. <laughs> and uh, I was on with um, Mary Crosby. Now don't Mary Crosby is. is daughter of oh, Bing's, Bing's daughter. Is she, it? Did, she, I believe she was well, not, not the one who played uh, Kirsten in Dallas. She no. was Crystal, Crystal. in Dallas. I'm sorry. Oh. was involved with one of Good the biggest TV stories of all time. Who oh, shot yeah. JR? Who shot in that she shot JR. Ah. Oh, spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. ooh, if anyone sorry. just taped it and was saving it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyone that? who's just got the box set going to love me. Do you remember? I think I had a Who Shot JR t-shirt. Someone released a single called I Shot JR. It became such a big industry. It they did. had um, they had car stickers. I remember in Birmingham when I was uh, a young man with who shot J. Oh, yeah, they had those <laughs> in about two thousand and nine, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were still on. Well, whatever happened to my other cars of Porsche? Do you still see those? You don't see as many car stickers as no. you used to, do and you? And also, I think you had another one I saw in Birmingham with chalk dust. Do you remember that, the John McEnroe? That was the other thing around that time. Oh, no. Because he used to have one. massive tantrums, obviously, John he McEnroe. Did. And they released a song called Chalk Dust. Everyone could see that there was chalk dust. Don't you remember that one? No. Novelty oh. records. Anyway. Of course, Hawkeye has changed that song. <laughs> yes. Mm. Uh, as you were, Frank. Everything changes. As they call it in Scotland, Hawkeye the New. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, so, yeah, so then I went to do a recording of um, the Infinite Monkey Cage oh. at um, Lime Grove Studios, BBC. Double gig in the same day. Yeah. And he gives us all the, uh, but then hold all the platforms. It, but then hold it, yeah. uh, there's a plaque in the studio it's recorded in saying Bing Crosby did his last ever oh, shut recording. Up. Now, I've always been of the view that if something like that happens, it, they happen in threes. You know that thing? Oh, yeah. you always get, and I said, I said this, I said there will be another... Bing Crosby thing today you, you didn't almost. Say that certainly. to Brian Cox, did you? And he went, "It's not science, Frank." No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That sounds a bit superstitious for no, me. He was. Uh, I think he was still doing the math when I left. 
<laughs> but the sound engineer, very uh, quick thinking, as the show ended and we left, he played White Christmas by Bing Crosby. Thus, oh. he made it work. The triumvirate. Oh, it was, I, the I was holy... glad then. The Holy Trinity of Crosby. Yeah, I could I could relax then. But I'll tell you what would have been a great texting today. Don't text in because we're not doing texting. No. Which modern celebrity would be best at home with a pipe? <laughs> because Bing Crosby always had a pipe. I'm not sure many could carry it off now. Yeah. Do you know what oh, my uh, outsider... Who would you go for? Do you know what my outsider would be? I'll put some money on this. Madonna. Oh. <laughs> yes. Absolutely at home. Good show. With a pipe. Especially with the eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. We're not live, all right? Don't text. Don't text. <laughs> but you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio and email the show via the Absolute Radio website. That's harmless. <laughs> if you text, you're throwing money away. I mean, it's Christmas. You'll be mm-hmm. glad of that. Yes. Almost certainly. Yeah. I, what I should what I should have played then is saying, uh, say, let's say Madonna's like a virgin, but with pipe smoking sound <laughs> effects to to go on to that theme. Nice. Mm. Like a virgin. Touch <laughs> <laughs> for the oh man. Frank, we don't have texts and emails flowing in today, obviously, because as you've established, it, with full transparency. This is not uh, a live show. However, Nick Murphy has got in touch in real time mm. to say, Hi, Frank, Emily and the Cockerel. Hello. I like that. It makes us sound quite famous five. Um, well, but less racist. Uh, re-eureka <laughs> moments. Your more mature readers may remember curtains at cinemas. Frank? Oh, yes, I do. Alan? Yes. Me so too. I should explain that at the end of the film these lovely big silk curtains would close. It, certainly when I watched films as a kid, they would close on the credits. Mm-hmm. So the credits would be projected on the crinkly curtains so you couldn't read them because well, no one cared. Nick said, for years I thought they were transparent, as you could see the film through them oh. as they opened. Imagine my surprise. By the way, I'm Hold now... It. It's all right, I've imagined it. <laughs> Carry on. By the way, I'm now a film producer. Prisoner 214. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. It's very good. It's a good no, one. No, I don't know. He never said what he produced. No. Okay. There you um, go. Well, yes. He's, uh, he's followed by Sheridan Smith, though. I didn't know the curtains had gone. I thought they were still around in cinemas. Am yeah, I? but to be fair, you didn't know BHS had closed, so... Um... No. There'll be people now listening going, what, BHS has closed? <laughs> I was going to do all my Christmas shopping there. <laughs> Very by few glory. People, I suspect. I bet they say, by glory, uh-huh. as, as a as a S- expression of that. Stop off and uh, get some cards from Clinton's on the way home. We've, yeah. uh, we've also had an email about something that we did discussed last Saturday, which was uh, outdoor washing machines that you brought to the attention of the nation. Well, to be fair, um, Hocknell alerted me. (laughs) Mick Hocknell told you, (laughs) and you told the nation. And then the nation has decided to respond to both the show and my Instagram account with photographs of outdoor washing machines, including some friends of mine who've been WhatsApping me photographs of washing machines. Are they standard washing machines, or are they all weather? Well, as it happens, we've just received an email from... uh, um, John Smith Davies, uh, who signs oh. off as John SD, 
Uh, I like it. Hi all, just to clarify, the street machines are also for washing larger items that won't fit in a standard machine. Brackets, double duvets, etc. Okay. Good intel, John, SD. Thank I, you. S- I see. So a tent, maybe you could take a tent? If you do wash a tent. But oh, then... you know when um, at football grounds when they pass the enormous shirt yes, over the head to the fans? Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, I don't think that is why the washing machines are there for exactly oh, that service. No, but, no, you, but... An, an eider down. Yes. Yeah, very few of those about, yes. aren't there? Yeah. But, um, you know, when I... When I came in drunk one night and uh, I oh, felt sorry, nice, I Al. felt sorry for like the it. the dog. It was very cold in our house, and the dog was trembling with the cold. So I took him to bed with me, and oh. when I woke up the next day, oh. I was just aware of these lumps of white fluff everywhere. And he'd scratched a big hole in the eider down oh. to, to nest down. Oh. I leapt out of my bed in rage to chastise him, oh. and felt something warm and clammy squeeze between my toes <laughs> I'm going to leave that with you <laughs> just like he did <laughs> exactly Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio I would like to talk about Star Wars Star Wars oh god don't start him off I, um, I saw a friend of mine the other day who is a fellow Star Wars enthusiast mm-hmm. who's that um, Stew is called. Oh, sounds a bit made up. Never heard of it. And um, he said to me, uh, "So, uh, what time screening you going to?" Oh. So, not what day. Oh, he, he absolutely, absolutely presumed I'd be going the first day of release. But what this time is, screening? Well, so you I will have had this in your diary for a while, Frank. The Rise of Skywalker, is it? I said uh, we're at the nine thirty a.m. What? Actually, we're not fooling around. There You're is a not. midnight one you can do, but I thought it was a bit old for a, a bit late for a seven and a half year old. Uh-huh. But yeah, nine thirty for the new one. Oh, so you go? Oh, isn't that nice? You can go with bars. Yeah, take totally. breakfast in. You can take your brekkie in. Yeah, well, it's one of those cinemas where you can eat. They bring stuff to the. Uh, to the to the thing. Oh, I don't approve of that. Oh. <laughs> um, Travels in first class when he gets. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably get down in the cinema and I'll hear. If your name's not down, <laughs> you're not coming in. Not tonight. Not not tonight. <laughs> I'd like you. I'd like him to follow you round. Less fun in a cinema, though. You'd agree. I can imagine. And every time you're on the one show, he's outside banging on the glass. <laughs> or just with that. me. Yeah. He's just, like he's my demon. He's... <laughs> If your name's not sorry, this is Robbie. Yeah. Yeah, he's from he's, he's from Stoke, you know. <laughs> As if that explains everything. Exactly. He's potty. Sort of, he's, oh, from Bar- he's from Barcelona. Very good. Very good. Even I got that. Uh, so Star Wars. Star Wars. Well, you'll be very excited by this. I mean, I'm afraid. Uh, I was a bit. How how many are there of these things? There's been too many. It's like EastEnders, it's just always on. But I, think I was the main a fan. dude from Disney recently said, to be honest, we've released too much Star Wars stuff recently. Well, this mm. is the end, isn't it? Is this the final one, Frank? Well, it's the final one of this trilogy. If this is the last Star Wars film, I will eat my sombrero. Mm. Oh, OK. He means Solero. That'll be a pay-per-view event. <laughs> it's a nice lolly that he's got with it. <laughs> um, so... There has been... There was an interesting incident during the... I mean, they sometimes drum drum up this stuff, don't they? And they sort of make a big deal out of it. But JJ... Is it Abrams or Abrahams? Yeah. 
Well, I call him Abrahams, but I don't know what he calls himself. But okay. as we've never met, it hasn't really just mattered. Go with anyway, yeah. he revealed on Good Morning America, which if people aren't familiar with that, it's mm-hmm. a bit like the Piers Morgan, Susanna Reid one. For Americans. Okay. <clears throat> That's right. Uh, he went on it to be... Is a- there a Good Morning everywhere in the world? It's like a Good Morning Bolivia. Good Morning Tokyo. Good Morning Ukraine. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah that we've stuff. got that. Yeah. Oh, Good Is Morning, good morning- Tokyo. I love that. Yes. I wonder if they... If only there was a song <laughs> that... Uh... Is that a song? Morning Tokyo. There it ah. is. Good morning, Here comes Piers Morgan. They should make him and Susanna Reid sing that, but with Britain. Good morning, Britain. (laughs) And then Fern Britain could be carried on on a chrysanthemum throne. Oh, that's Mm. China. Is it China or Japan? The chrysanthemum? Yeah. I think it's Japan. Japan. Do you know why you should know this? I know, because it was a question I got wrong on who wants to be a millionaire. Yes, and I ago. believe I it's I didn't Japan. get it wrong, I actually didn't answer it. I, I, I bottled you, it. No, you didn't. You correctly decided not to go for it because you didn't know the answer. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's Japan. never stopped me in any other area of life. <laughs> That's <Yes>. true. <clears throat> anyway, um, JJ mm. shares the same name as Bruce Forsyth's son, incidentally. JJ? Yes, he's a JJ. JJ Forsyth? Yeah. Is that right? I always remember him because when he was a child, I saw him in Hello magazine with a tuxedo baby grow at his christening. Never Excellent. forgot it. <laughs> Hashtag once. <laughs> I, want, I want one for me. <laughs> in a sort of non ironic way. Yeah. Which I like. Yeah. No, that, that's really good. <laughs> JJ uh, Abrams, not Forsyth. Bruce Forsyth used to wear... The, you know when men used to be on telly in like those evening suits with the black silk stripe down the side of the trousers, those classic Lovely. ones? Black paint and shoes, but <laughs> socks that were almost see-through. Mm. So that, that was... I mean, that, that level of intensity of a black tie outfit has gone. Yes. You know, you go to a black tie event now, there's people just in black suits, yeah. there's people in black jeans. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> but then the see-through sock, sometimes with a garterette. Frank, where's the Cumberband gone? Cumberland. Well, Cumber. I think he's probably making Doctor Strange too. <laughs> <laughs> J.J. Abrams revealed on Good Morning America that someone, he didn't name the actor, Mm. he just said a member of the cast had unfortunately uh, had the script leaked. They hadn't intended to do that. They'd left their watermarked copy of the script under their bed and it had been stolen by someone. He didn't mm-hmm. say who it was. Over to you, Alan Cochran. And then it got put up for sale, and now, um, is it John Boyega yes. has yes. admitted that it was him? Yes. And he, he said that he was uh, partying with friends and he just left it, and then the cleaner took it and sold it on eBay, but they managed to buy it back before other people did. I didn't like the sound of the partying. I didn't like that. No. I don't like it. <laughs> I, uh, no. It's, it seems infantile, like if you're an adult partying, what what we were doing, like playing past the parcel or something. You've got international representation, as Frank would say. <laughs> he definitely has, yeah. I should think, yeah. Well, if you see it, well, what I'm most astonished by is the variety of statement coats that Boyega has sported. He's got some very nice coats, yeah. Well, not just very nice. I saw he was Velvet wearing jacket. 
My fashion eye is still active. I'm, I bet. Because I spotted he was wearing um, a Ralph Simmons coat mm-hmm. and it's got a special sort of charm key motif. And I happen to know they are six grand, those coats. Okay. What he wants to wear is something with an A4 pocket. <laughs> yes. So he yeah. doesn't leave his script Good idea. Uh, lying around. That's, that's my advice. What did you think of this story, Frank? Well, I... When I did Doctor Who, um, we gather gather around the fireside for an anecdote, everyone. (laughs) We got a lot of stuff. Do you want to lock up or shall I? Uh, We got a lot of stuff um, come through, I did, about how you've got to be super careful with scripts. They advised me to change all of the passwords on my phone and everything lest I should get hacked into. Can I say that's a good excuse? Not that you ever would be in this position, but for someone having an affair, Mm. change all your passwords and get other phones and say, oh, I have to do it. Or if you don't like a few of your friends. (laughs) (laughs) Good for a cull. Yeah. I'm doing Doctor Who, sorry. But I thought, (laughs) to be honest, I thought they were slightly enjoying it a bit too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? They love the idea that yes. people might want out. Yeah. The people are so excited. I mean, there were some Doctor Who scripts that went up on um, the internet uh, a few years ago and uh, people say it's an outrage and I you know, I wouldn't want to read I don't want to know what's going to yeah. happen, but mm-hmm. I did go and read them. Did you? Oh, yeah. You want to know, but you don't want to know. Mm. Uh, you know, like, right. if, like your partner's diary. <laughs> You know what I mean? You feel you oughtn't, but you know you must. Yes, no. I know. In the sense that you know it's go- it's a form of uh, self-harm because it's ruining your mm-hmm. ultimate yeah. moment of enjoyment, Frank. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I remember I was I was away with David Baddiel on a on a on a brief um, weekend away. <laughs> Sounds a bit strange, Al. Yeah, I think we were, I think we were in Portugal playing golf. <laughs> And um, I had my, my, uh, my, my girlfriend of the time uh, contacted me and said, I've been going through your emails. Wow. And I thought you hadn't seen Alison for years. I said, hold on a minute. What was the first part you've been going through? <laughs> she said, what did she mean by I enjoyed the apres? I said, what, what was the first thing you said about my emails? <laughs> she said, I've been going through your emails. And I said, well, no, just, just stop it there. What, wow. what do you mean? And um, she had, um, I mean, st- she'd made notes, highlighted. <gasps> and, um, and then I was uh, found up with, uh, to run through some of the, the points that needed uh, sorting. Extraordinary. What did, she, what did she mean by, I enjoyed the apres? <laughs> <laughs> Where real music matters <laughs> on Absolute Radio. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. We were um, discussing the uh, Star Wars lost script story mm. um, where a hotel cleaner found it under the bed. And, um, and I'm not trying to be hashtag controversial comedian here. Mm. A very but, idea. Um, but I assumed that um, hotel cleaners couldn't read based purely oh. on the effectiveness of the words do not disturb outside well, my door. Is, yeah, they can't read All that. All around the world, that has never, ever been read in any language the hotels that I've stayed Don't in. Don't you hate the 9am knock? Oh. Housekeeping. Oh. Yeah, but it's, it's, it says, um, do not disturb. <laughs> Housekeeping. <laughs> oh, dear. 
But it's also a thing I think about the calibre of the hotels that I stay at are different from John Boyega's because I think I could leave something under the bed and then go back a year later and well, just take it back out of the hotel again. changed the story again. because I believe it was initially... JJ um, Abrams, not Forsyth, said it was a hotel and then Boyega said it was his an apartment oh. and he was moving out of the apartment. I mean, there were some inconsistencies in the tale. Mm. I love it when you get forensic. Oh, you know great. I do. <laughs> I know. No, but yes, but it, there was some. There were uh, some inconsistencies and then it was removals people and then it was a cleaner, then it was a friend of the cleaner. But it you was... You see, uh, this couldn't happen to me because I sleep on a futon. Oh, so there's nothing going on the lucky, bed. You'd be lucky if you could get uh, a, a, a waff of thin mint. Can I say that as well? It, uh, well it yeah. hangs so low. Well, it hangs so low. All right, darling. And so hangs so low. Okay, you yeah, can keep that for your Star Wars gang. Keep that for Stu and your Star Wars gang. So you have to put something very thin underneath it. Very thin? Yeah. Darling, thin like I say, the, I know, but I think this is lovely for Stu and your Star Wars friends. They'll love these ones. Keep it wide appeal. Is that what you're saying? But what I'm saying, Frank, is I think Boyega has some slightly odd attitudes towards security and also I like his old-fashioned approach. I mean, that was very my kleptomaniac great-great-grandmother keeping valuables under the bed. Well, I always wonder, if if we were live today, I would now call in a text of what do you keep under your bed? I didn't oh. think people kept stuff don't under their bed go any, there. since yeah, the days of the... Uh, of the, of the Pot de chambre. I um, I thought uh, people just didn't have stuff under their bed generally. No, we've got all sorts of stuff under. Yeah, ours. have you? Can you give me a yeah. par example? Yeah, a hammer. That, you haven't. Just in case of. Uh, My wife likes to have a hammer under the bed. Yeah, that. In case. Spoiler alert. Or in case you come out with a coconut. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I did briefly keep the Stuart Broad signed cricket bat under the bed. Memorabilia. Yeah. Kinda. There's a theme here. Listen, this is, uh, I'm calling it modern Britain. <laughs> yeah, I keep uh, an Anglo-Saxon sea axe, which is a short sword, which, uh, I, you know, I mean, I've meant to hang it on the wall, but now I'll leave it where it is. It'll, it'll be fine. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Look, there's an elephant in the room as far as um, as far as uh, this whole story is concerned. What's that? Maybe not an elephant. Suspicious. Maybe that big Arctic creature that hangs Luke Skywalker upside down, but I can't remember the name of it. Um, it yeah, it. They are looking obviously to publicise the film, and it is a coincidence that the. Yes. entire transcript of my stand-up show, which is going to be at the Garrick <laughs> Theatre in the West End from the 13th of January to the 15th of February, is also taken away by a cleaner. Excellent. I left a jotter on stage on the, on a train with some notes of the uh, tour that I might do later next year. There you go. <laughs> We're all what, doing what, it. what notes have you lost uh, just lately? Oh, Emma? yeah, I think I lost the notes to my, the paperback edition of my <laughs> book, uh, Everybody Died So I Got a Dog, which is out on January the 17th. Yeah, you Very see, good. so it's, there's a lot of it uh, about... If it is made up as a publicity thing, I wish they hadn't gone for the cleaner. Mm. Yeah. Because I think, you know, they're a hard pot of... I mean, my cleaner is Joe Pasquale, so it might have been him. (laughs) 
But um, <laughs> well, your cleaner, as you know, has James Bond connections, well, so we would have been. Um, also, my cleaner, my current cleaner, um, who I, I probably shouldn't name, but who stayed loyal to me. Um, she uh, I came up with a fabulous insight when um, she was talking to me about as a, as a as a little girl she climbed trees you know played mm. football and I said oh you were a, a tomboy we we used to call them and she said uh, it is strange tomboy and I <laughs> said uh, well she said but it should be girl's name to make point mm. and I thought you're right oh. a tomboy yeah yeah it's just a boy <laughs> yeah <laughs> Isn't it? So yeah, it should it, be a tom girl. You know the insight of the outsider. Hammer boy. Or yeah, or whatever. something like yes. that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, she saw right through. Susan boy. I won't do all the names. No, that, 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 that we've got a show to if do. If it was one, it's the one that, that, sounds, that rhymes with Tom. <laughs> okay. No, I can't think of one. Mom. Okay. A mom oh. boy. Yeah, this is good. I'm worried about a mum boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, there's something dark about that, which I didn't intend. Can mm-hmm. I say something else about the script? Because obviously we should say it was returned. It was handy and would back up Frank's theory that it was entirely sort of PR-related, mm-hmm. that the script happened to be found online by a Disney exec mm. who was able to buy it for $65. Yes. And where is the Not cleaner? Is, is the cleaner... Is there any legal action being taken <laughs> against question. this <laughs> mythical cleaner? Good question. <laughs> I noticed also, I mean, Quentin Tarantino, that was a really... I think, is it The Hateful Eight? Oh, that yes. Film of his, his script was leaked. That was a big story. And he was so upset... Which doesn't sound like him. He seems a reasonable chap. (laughs) He said, I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, He did decide to, in the end. Uh Again, that was handy for the PR. Yeah. Um, But apparently, I think that generally did happen. He's got so paranoid as a result. He now keeps scripts in safe and he won't send them to actors. When he did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he made Leonardo DiCaprio and Margot Robbie come round to his house and he stood over them while they read it. Wow. Well, that sounds like a fun afternoon. <laughs> okay. Do we think the Brinks Matt robbery was just an advert for jewellery? <laughs> <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Um, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Um, we're not live this week. This is a pre record, so don't text us. Um, you're throwing money into a hole. <laughs> Uh, but you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio or email the show via the Absolute Radio website. Any good stuff we will rake over and, uh, and either do it today if it comes in straight away yes. or, um, or we'll do it next week. Don't worry. Mm. We, uh, we don't want any goal to slip through the, uh, the riddle. Indeed. <laughs> and in fact, we have had an email um, during the week... Uh, and I'll read it to you now. It's enti- I don't even know its title, but it says, All right, muckers. That's us. Mm. I love football. I love red cards. Whatever happened to the circular red cards that some referees used to have, though? They weren't common as far as I remember. Did the referees who used them wake up the morning of a match feeling a little bit exotic and decide to take the circular ones with them instead of the mundane rectangular ones used by the rest <coughs> of the boring referees? Were rectangles and circles the only choices available to them, or could they, in theory, have used any shape? Imagine a pentagon. 
one shaped like a finger pointing the player off the pitch. I like that as an idea. Mm, I can imagine uh, that, that could go wrong. Coming yes. back there. Uh, a Christmas tree for games over the festive period. Oh, that's a nice one. And then they add, I was going to email the FA, but I thought you lot would probably know. <laughs> Phrase redacted, Richard Leeds. Frank I mean, is essentially the FA in so many ways. I'd be anxious about the, the finger one, but a, yeah. po- a pointy arrow one. Yeah. Mm. Like a, 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 I mean, I, I don't want to tread on the red arrows, don't <laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, um, yeah, a, a, a yellow one c- yes. could just be circular and then a point, point just point to the tunnel with the yes. other one. I, I like th- the seasonal nod. Maybe an Easter egg or a... Yeah, that'd be, that'd maybe, be good. Maybe the yellow one should have, like, a question mark. Like, are you really <laughs> sure you want to be that yeah, naughty? Yeah, yeah, that's a good <laughs> idea. I like that. And the red one, just a picture of a bath. Like early bath for you, yes. sunshine. Yeah. I must say, I'd completely forgotten about the circular Me reds too. and Me yellows. Too. I think probably the the linesmen would be, you know, running around pretending they got boobs with the red ones and stuff, and it'd be Excuse just embarrassing. There's a lot of that goes on with the officials. I imagine it's sort of like a tiddlywinks. I disc. just think that'd be squalid. The word um, disc has fallen out of favour. It was so big in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Everything um, was a disc. It went recently with the tax disc. I think that was the oh, last it was yeah. heard That was of. the last disc. What I'll was tell, the last di- I'll tell disc you we one. had? <laughs> I'll tell you, though, a finer point on this, is I have seen many a referee struggle to get a card out of their pocket because oh. the corners are... A tucked in the corners of the pocket. Yeah, oh. a circular one would come out much, much more. Maybe easily. that was why it was brought. But then perhaps they lost it. I don't know. Do you know that um, on fantasy football we had this old referee who claimed that he invented the uh, red and yellow card? Did he? Yeah. <laughs> but is um, that like your dad saying he invented no, the he was Winter quite, Wonderland? He was quite <laughs> a significant. No, I think my dad probably was wrong about that. <laughs> You can be so happy if you try. Um, exactly. Um, this guy, who was quite a famous referee, um, he said that he was driving um, to a match and he was thinking about sending people off and it would be nice to give them more of a, all that. And he stopped at the traffic lights and thought, hold on a minute. Oh. This, here I am. You get a, a bit of a warning... Uh, that it's about to go red and then when you get red that's that's the end of that you have to stop what about if we simulated these on the football right. field so that was uh, apparently how the whole thing came about mm. interesting good night everyone on absolute radio We've had, uh, I'd like to share this with you. This is, uh, someone tweeted us actually, Mike Wright. And he's tweeted us a grab from a 1975 Argos catalogue. Okay. He says something for everyone in the 1975-76 Argos catalogue. That'll be, uh, yeah, going over into the new year, of course. Mm. Excellent. It's a visual thing. Uh, we, I might retweet this during the week on, so our readers can see. But it's, I know, but bear mm-hmm. with, because we have uh, on this page at number eight an Isle of Lewis chess set, no, and yeah. it says filled with real chess men, height of kings, uh, three and a half inches. What are real chess men? Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me, I, I remember around the time of the 66 World Cup, Yes. Like, there was a the, the mascot in the World Cup was World Cup Willie. 
He's like oh, a, li- yes. a lion in a in a Union Jack. Thing. Right. There was a song by Lonnie Donegan, dressed in red, white and blue, World Cup Willie, etc. The usual mascot stuff. Mm. Anyway, there was they had a World Cup Willie in this exhibition who was uh, described as life size. <laughs> oh. Does that even mean for a fictional <laughs> creature? Well, next to the Isle of Lewis, Chester, which, FYI, is uh, a moulded board in hand-finished simulated oak. Love oh, simulated oak. Nice. That's, yeah, that's the best oak. Argos price, fifteen ninety nine. They have a selection of air rifles, air guns, and okay. some pistols as well. There's also a junior air pistol. On the same page as chess. Yes, well, I suppose it's a military game. It could be in a kind yeah, of a exactly. armory and, and, and if, military if an argument my... over chess led to a duel. <laughs> <laughs> this was my thinking. What section would you look under for the Lewis chessmen and the gun selection? Is this guy making the point that there's lots of references to the show? In, on this list. He just says something for everyone. I wonder mm-hmm. if okay. it... Because there is a, a, yes. a fall song that I used to play a lot on television uh, as a walk-on music for my guests yes. called The the, uh, the Jawbone and the Air Rifle. Uh-huh. Lovely. Uh, it sounds like an indie film. I would also like to share this with you. This is from Hattie. She says, Hi, Alan and the rest of the team. I'm so pleased to hear that your wife, your wife also enjoys the sport of walking with eyes shut. Do you want to quickly oh, yes. recap? Um, this was when you were in absentia, Frank. You were away. Oh, yes, a lovely I, country. I, uh, so friendly <laughs> to people. I, um, I, I told Holly, as, as was, and Emily, that my wife had revealed... No, uh, Gareth it would be. Oh, was it Gareth? Yes, thank you. Uh, my wife had revealed recently that she has a, a hobby that I knew nothing about, that when she's out on a long walk... Sometimes she'll um, see how far she can go with her eyes shut. On her own? On her own. And she'll just, you know, if she's... But she um, she tries to encourage... Does she drive? Hey? <laughs> does she drive? She does, <laughs> she does drive, but I don't <laughs> think she's McCoo. allowed to cross over. She's no, very disciplined. Good. She's good. like Robert um, De Niro getting into method for indeed. Mr Magoo. <laughs> mm. um, That's... But I had a go at it, and I am absolutely terrible. Uh, what's her record? Oh, uh, she can go really far. Like she's shown me, and and she's walked <laughs> far. Um, and I'm. Does she have know, accidents? I think we are. No, she d- yeah. she does it on like a football pitch or um or a country path, and she'll well, like she'll most go, referees. <laughs> she'll go yeah. very far. I mean, I think. This whole conversation, I think, has, has shown us how much comedy has changed in the last 30 years that I'm on the radio saying, my wife, she can walk really far with her eyes shut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and she's not fat. It's, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we've, uh, it's progress, we've definitely it? moved on. My son's yeah. dressing as a female uh, <laughs> action star. And, so, uh, yeah, you're telling uh, wacky tales about your, uh, <laughs> about your wife's... Uh, who, who goes, I, I like the country path, did you say? Yes. yes. The whole thing being about walking in the country is the beauty, the natural beauty. <laughs> She's so, an eccentric, what can I tell you? So I like someone who's so fiercely anti-scenery. Yeah. They, would rather, <laughs> they would rather walk into a cow than, uh, than look around them. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I was mid-email. Hattie, well, I wasn't mid-email. I wish Hattie was, was a milliner. Oh, yes. so do I. That would be one of the great nominative determined um, yeah. things ever. I've got two friends who are milliners. Mm. But, uh, you know... How many have you got? 
Well, who wants to be a milliner? <laughs> Very good. I was thinking that Emily can make friends at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so Hattie had pointed out or reminded us that Alan's wife obviously enjoys the sport of walking <clears throat> with her eyes shut. Yeah, I think sport ha- is uh, egging it up a bit rather than eccentricity. But what do you Don't think the lure is? The lure um, is she an adrenaline junkie? Maybe. In which case, you'd think she'd have married differently. <laughs> well, I think we all need a, you know, in order to to make a leap of risk, we need a rock that we feel we can land back on. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Hattie continues, I found this to liven up a walk no end. I've been doing it for years. Mm. I feel a genuine sense of achievement when I don't walk into a lamppost or fall off the curb. Wow. Having recently had babies, I also now do it whilst pushing a buggy. Oh. (laughs) Would your wife consider this to be cheating? Praise redacted. Thanks, Hattie. I have to say, with a buggy that I... Across the motorway. Just, just the other day, uh, there was a... Uh, the the tube was just... Uh, the tube station was just spilling out a train full of people. So I was walking into a, a load of people walking straight at me. Mm. And there was a woman with a buggy, and I just... I did that thing that people apparently do with ambulances. I just walked behind her, and she went in like Boudicca. Ah, nice. Separating... Um, Cleared the way Yeah, pedestrians yes. to all sides. So yes. day, that was handy. Yes. Well, Unfortunately, I, I then, just to relax, put my hands on her shoulders. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Trying to create a conga uh, line or something. Yeah, she was, <laughs> she was uh, aggressive. Uh, I haven't spoken to my wife about this, but I don't think she's um, formalised a rule set, but she is very much a um, cross-country, off-road, eyes-walking... That uh, sounds a bit safe. Yeah, (laughs) she hasn't gone urban yet. She's not doing any urban terrain where there's bins and lampposts. You'd you'd hear a combine harvester, wouldn't you? (laughs) you'd hope, Yeah, so that that would be one thing. Wow. I, it's, I, it sounds. Um, on, I mean, I took my son to school with. He had his eyes closed just this week, but I was holding his hand. He just wanted to see what it felt like. Right. You know? Yeah. But Enjoy maybe it. that's how you start. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I um, I deliberately led him through uh, three or four piles of excrement. <laughs> uh, they've got to learn, haven't they? <laughs> they've got to learn, and uh, <laughs> some of the children. That uh, you know, life isn't always um, smelling of roses. <laughs> it really is. Apparently, it? it's what you make it. Yeah. Mm. What excrement? <laughs> I suppose it is really, but um, that we don't want to go into all the dietary stuff. Um, yeah. Well, that's uh, that tremendous news. <laughs> and uh, I would mention it to your wife, Alan. I dare say she'd turn a blind eye to it. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. On the subject of walking with your eyes shut, I, I don't think it would affect me as much because I have such a terrible sense of direction. Oh, yeah. I almost might as well. Yes. And I was reminded this week, um, it was, I had a bit of a strange incident. I, I mentioned, I think, earlier that I did the infinite monkey cage with, uh, with Robin Ince and Professor Brian Cox. Oh, yes. yeah. And as we were leaving... Um, the producer, it was very nice, said to me, um, yeah, it's a bit of a uh, labyrinth, this place, or something similar. I said, well, I get lost. 
all the time. She said, well, Brian has got a terrible sense of direction. I said, yeah, but my... She said, no, it won't be as bad as Brian's. <laughs> And I said, no, no, it's really bad. And yeah. she said, I said, give me an example. And I thought, hold on, what are these like rotting stags about who's got the worst? And she got very defensive. No, honestly, Brian's is, is worse. And I got, I started... Um, Getting very sort of like I wanted to win on having like, the worst your sense Premier of Premier League at getting yes. lost. And yeah, this is as close as I get to fist fighting. Yes. <laughs> also, with his mathematical brain, I, he can't be that He's bad. thinking about the stars and stuff like that, isn't he? That's yes. why he's getting lost. Mm. He's literally thinking about the cosmos. He's one of those absent-minded professors that you, um, so, that yeah. you hear about. Mm. I think you're right. Frank, uh, I've noticed something... We've both gone, I'd say our look today for the pod, podcast record is a, a sort of, what would you say, it's kind of like nice leisure wear. Well, Reasonable level yeah. leisure wear. It's a nice hoodie. You're We've both hoodie. gone a shade of grey. And also warm, crucially. Black and a mall, I would call yours. I don't wish to make personal remarks, but here <coughs> goes. Personal. I suspect you will. <laughs> yeah, I said personal. Why yeah. do I say I don't like mind a... you getting personal. <laughs> personal, Raymond, I draw the line. Detective and Raymond Chandler novel. <laughs> the Shower of Personal, personal. Remarks. <laughs> That'd be, if, you met, if you were a, a bloke or a woman who was made a lot of cutting stuff and that, on, you know, on, on kind things, you could be known as the Shower of Personal Remarks. Nice. That would be good. Well, you know what? Back in the day, I was. Uh, um, go on, have a go at me then. No. <laughs> this, don't got? take this personally. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is my new catchphrase. Uh, you've gone, I would say, quite a thin Frank. What mm. do you think? I'd say, given the month, we're getting up, we're very, very cold December, coldest day of the year, I believe, the other day. A, a thin sort of prison break chambray dark denim indigo denim shirt well when yeah. I saw Al arrive he was um, he was quintessential ocean colosseum <laughs> was it? which is how I think of Al's look would <clears> you say that, that was fair uh, yeah, that's fine. I'm fine that, with that. That shirt that you've stripped down to is a little bit Thank Wild you. West. It I is, think. yeah. But yeah. I actually love the shirt, but I would say I, in a winter climb, mm-hmm. that's confident. Well, I layered it with a, um, a cord oh. jacket and a tootle scarf and then a, a sort of mid-length winter, it, not really winterish coat, more a spring coat, but... <laughs> is that your look then for winter? I love layers. Big fan of layers. <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, that's, that was what Bernard Matthews told me. <laughs> I do have a um, I do have a winter clothing gripe that I, I will come to momentarily because I think we're about to we've been told to oh she's grinding I can't her teeth. Tell, um, I'll pay no attention. Our producer, part of her job is to tell us when um, we've been <laughs> to talking too yeah. long, but she does it like one an experienced. Art collector might bid at Christie's. <laughs> the slightest, just a little tiny nod or a wink. So we just carry on talking, and I look at her, and, mm. and there's another. It's so subtle. We we talk for hours sometimes with her still one eyelid is just flickering. I mean, for goodness' sake, let's get some sort of klaxon. <laughs> If your name's not down, you're, you're not, not coming, coming in. in. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. Um, so I have a winter clothing gripe. I know that um, as people approach the colder months, they like getting out 
their mm. winter coat. People mm. like that sort of ceremony, don't they? Yes. I don't particularly because I like just layering lots of spring clothing, as it were. Oh, OK. But I do... The trouble is that you have to buy them in some slightly bigger ones. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> as in, like, those babushka dolls, if yes. you're going to do oh, that. I, love I should really think about that. But I do have a, a... This is a very petty annoyance, but I think this show is oh, the I right place like it, for then, that. Yeah. Um, mm, yeah. I, uh, around these months, I start to wear around the house a big, long, fluffy dressing gown. Whereas the rest oh. of the year, I don't wear a fluffy dressing gown. Hugh uh, Hefner gone to see. Yeah, it's Do you ever like see um, the ghosts of Christmas, past, <laughs> present and future? I, uh, I've put it on again in the last few weeks. And do you there's... have a, a cigarette? Uh, do you have a candle holder with a finger <laughs> thing? A finger circle. And a sort of floppy cotton hat. <laughs> yeah, that's like, one. Yeah. That's well, marvellous. You're I in the right sort of ballpark. And my, um, my, my son and daughter both give me more cuddles when I wear the fluffy dressing gown. So oh, there's a definite upside. That's nice. It's not a dissimilar <laughs> colour to your hoodie, a sort of mild grey, I guess. Okay. Um, I'll send you a photo. Marley. It's a bit Marley. Is it? it is, yeah. Oh, are you going to send yeah. me a photo like, of you and your dressing gown? Like the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> very good. <laughs> um, but here's my gripe. And yeah. I know this is very, very petty. But on a morning when I've had a cup of coffee and I visit the bathroom... Oh, and, God. And I need to sit down. Oh. I really hate the dressing gown because I have to swish it out from behind me. Nice. And if I'm just in trackies and a hoodie, there's yeah. no need for the swish. Mm. Is no. this the most petty gripe about clothing that you've ever heard? Because I'm actually well, thinking, yes, of, because... should I get it hemmed? So that well, it's this is you. Waist length. I mean, I know we've <laughs> no, been... I don't think you should... What you need is a little silk kimono. Do you think so? What yeah. you Trust me, what you really don't need is a little silk kimono. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm observing... Well, when he's in the bosom of his family, though. You're I right. mean, let's face it, his wife won't see anything. He's got her eyes shut. So he's wandering around in that All terrible truth. dressing gown. Exactly. Poor woman's got no idea. One day she'll open her eyes and absolutely go crazy. <laughs> she'll be out that door. Um, what I would say, I mean, it, it seems in keeping to round up the show with this um, quite politically correct woke viewpoint, which is mm -hmm. essentially you're experiencing, you're having the female experience with the dressing gown that we have with the skirt on a daily basis sometimes. Mm, Thank you very much. Oh, yes. Good point. Next yeah. caller. How <laughs> yeah. do goths cope with those long leather jackets <laughs> when they visit anywhere that they need to sit down? In no, fairness, exactly. I know what you swishing. mean. Al, the belt does hang down, doesn't it? Thank it's you, Fanny. It's the back. Well, that's I rarely, down to... I rarely, rarely wear a, a dressing gown. I've never oh. found out where the decompression chamber lies between waking up in your PJs and then putting your day clothes on. I, I, there is no gap for me. I, I, I do the bath or shower, whatever, mm. and. I move from PJs to what I'm going to wear for the rest of the day. I don't know where the, the, the dressing gown... I, I can't find a gap for it. Jonathan Ross told me recently that he sometimes goes down, has breakfast, um, has a coffee, and then goes back to bed for an wow. hour. Well, I had a, a friend, those were the days, and he... <laughs> Quiet diary. He, no, um, he just likes a post-breakfast nap. Love he, it. He worked from... Uh, on a good day, he worked from home, and he he went. He was like a troubleshooter who, who did um, computer things at mm. factories, mm. and he would go in. The first question he was asked them 
is do you mind if I work from home? Yes. And he said his his dream working week was that he never got out of his dressing gown. <laughs> he just. Um, yeah, I yeah. relate to that. Oh, I, that would depress me. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, no. one has to get dressed, but I'm not saying I don't appreciate. Look at Hefner. Well, Hefner, yeah, but what happened to him? Gone, but not forgotten. Yeah, I should. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Um, so uh, we'll end on uh, you Hefner reference. Um, yeah, so um, thank you for listening uh, today. And you know what? If the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again uh, this time next week for what will be our, our last show of um, of 2019. Oh. Although there will be, of course, the ever-popular greatest hits that everyone loves at Christmas love time. OK, now get out. This is Frank Skinner. Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.